Hey everyone, Giordano here. Welcome back to the Juice Media Podcast, a companion to the Honest Government Ad Series, brought to you by the Department of Genuine Satire. In our latest Honest Government ad, we explored the Australian government's latest shitfuckery, the cashless debit card, also known as the cashless welfare card, or as we called it, the class warfare card. Here's a segment from the video. Has your partner cut off access to your money? Do they control what you can and can't buy? Have they told you it's for your own good that you've brought this upon yourself? If so, you might be in an abusive relationship. Unless, of course, it's us doing it to you. In which case, you're on the cashless welfare card. Hello, I'm from the Australian government, here to introduce the cashless welfare, or as we like to call it, class warfare card. Soon to be rolled out nationally to everyone on income support, the class warfare card will quarantine most of your money so you can't spend it on alcohol drugs drugs or gambling. Don't drink, do drugs or gamble? That's okay. You're trying to access social security, so we want you to feel like a piece of shit. Class Warfare Card. Okay, so for this podcast, I'm really excited to have been able to interview two people, two women, who have been helping to lead the resistance against this piece of policy from the Australian government, that is the cashless welfare or cashless debit card. There is a lot of confusion about this policy. There's a lot of misunderstanding and a lot of misinformation going around, which has opened the doors to floodgates of ignorant bullshit being spread and sprayed all over the internet. Which is one of the reasons why we picked this topic for an honest government ad, because we really wanted to help people to understand the the basics of this policy. If you haven't seen the video yet, go check it out. It's only a couple minutes long. You can find it on our Facebook page or YouTube or our website, thejuicemedia.com. But in essence, this policy is to force anyone on income support. So whether you're on a disability support pension or a carer, on youth allowance, on Newstart or Ausstudy or parenting or just topping up your income because you're not earning enough in your casual job, instead of receiving your income support into your bank account, which is what's always happened and is what is your right under the Social Security Act, the government wants to amend the Social Security Act so that that money, instead of being paid to you, is paid to a third party, a company called Indu, which would retain your 80% of your Social Security income. And the only way that you can access that money is through this cashless debit card. The reason it's called cashless is because you cannot use it at an ATM. You can't withdraw cash with it and you can only use it at certain allowed outlets. The argument for this, the reason the government wants to introduce this is because they say that it will prevent people on income support from spending their money on prohibited items, which is alcohol, drugs and gambling. So you won't be able to use the Indu card at stores that sell any of those items, which includes many stores, including, say, Aldi. It doesn't matter if you don't have a gambling or alcohol or drug addiction. If you should ever need income support of any form, you would be placed on the card once this policy is rolled out nationally. It also doesn't matter that there is no evidence to date to show that this card is actually effective at reducing those behaviours. So the policy doesn't seem to be driven by evidence, but by ideology. The card has already been trialled out in select communities around Australia, including Seduna in South Australia and Hinkley in Queensland. And despite opposition and lack of evidence that it even works, the government is now trying to introduce it nationally. We are right now at a crossroads. There is a bill in Parliament on the Senate, which is about to be voted on, which will effectively allow the government to roll out the card nationally to everyone on income support. The hearing is coming up in November and submissions for the Senate Commission inquiry close on the 18th of October. 
So if you're listening to this, I'm going to put the link in the show notes and we're going to discuss it in more detail. But I urge you to make a submission and make your thoughts known about this because this fight is not over. And at its very heart, this is a struggle about information. If people are provided with the facts around this cashless debit card, it is guaranteed that most Australians, the vast majority, will say no fucking way to this policy. But people need to be aware of what is happening and when it's happening. And to shed light on all of that, today I'm joined in conversation by two community members who are intimately acquainted with the policy, with the legislation, and with the impacts that this card, this policy, is having right now on individuals and communities in Australia. And they are helping to ring the alarm about this bill that is currently about to be voted on. Apologies in advance, the interview audio isn't the best. I'm still learning how to do all this podcast stuff, but I hope you find it useful. And as always, a reminder that if you appreciate and enjoy this podcast, please, please share it with your friends and let other people know about it so that we can grow our subscriber base. That's little Luca here who's joined me in front of the microphone. Say hello, Luca. Hi, Dad. All right, welcome to the Juice Media Podcast. I'm here with Catherine Wilkes and SNS2. Catherine is a community spokesperson and advocate for the Hinkler Trial Zone and manager of No Cashless Welfare Debit Card Australia. And SNS2, which is a code name to um, maintain anonymity <laughs> and privacy, is a primary editor and legislation wrangler and moderator at the Say No 7 community page. And both of them are founding members of the Say No 7 group, which has been kicking ass and raising awareness about the cashless debit card. Um, welcome. Hi, Hello. everyone. Hello, everybody. The headlines that we've seen at the moment are that there has been talk about a national rollout of the card. Is that, is that what's happening yes. next? This bill that's currently in Parliament now is insidious. Um, it contradicts itself in several areas, and um, it, not just for what it's doing right now, but for what it will potentially allow to happen in the future, it's quite a dangerous bill. Now, throughout the last four years, I've called myself the fat lady, and every time people get depressed, I say, look, I'm not singing yet. The fat lady is not singing. This bill, I'm singing. I am deadly serious. If this, if this particular bill passes, as it's written... Okay, there is going to be an enormous impact. First of all, it expands the trial that already exists for 12 months in all the other trial regions. So a one-year trial, and that was the promise in the beginning. It was a one-year trial to test whether or not this the new style of Indu card um, could reduce social harms, could reduce violence and drinking, and could stop people buying alcohol. Now, we all know from the Auditor General and a thousand other reports that that hasn't happened. So in its first year already, it proved it wasn't. Everyone voted it on to expand to get more data and more data, which is what we call data dredging. They're p-hacking. They're, they're just expanding the trial, trying to gather the data that actually fits their argument. But this bill expands it without any evidence because there is no current trial data available. The last trial data was not, uh, 2017, and that's the, the Orama report that has been ripped to shreds by just about everybody. Um, it removes all the cap numbers. There is no new cap number being in place. So while the, where the trial was first limited to uh, 2,000, then 5,000 people, then 10,000, now they're adding another then it was 15,000 for Hinkler. Then there was another extension of the trial cap numbers. This bill doesn't include a new, a new cap number, so it means it can be rolled out. But importantly, it grants the Minister the power in this, and in the Northern Territory at this time only, 
to, to put a person's payment 100% completely on the card, as opposed to the current income splits of 20%, 80%. This bill also removes the last of the independent oversights, which actually required the government to have independent um, assessors uh, interview clients for evaluations. So um, I use that word clients. That's really terrible, and I'm sorry to the people on cards for using that word. Um, these are forced trial participants. You know, people are not given a choice. Now, they call them, you know, income managed and participants, but they're not. These people, excuse me, are being forced to go onto this card. Um, so apart from the expanding to the two new trial sites of Cape York and the Northern Territory, they are removing the last of the safety measures that were actually in the legislation. They're removing cap numbers. They're granting themselves new powers that, you know, we simply cannot trust at this point, given what they've done, that these powers will be used only where they say they might or will. There is nothing in the bill that restricts them from using them anywhere else. The bill, as the bill is written, the minister will have the power to put anyone he likes on 100% sanction at any time. There is nothing in the bill that would stop that from happening. And it's because it's done by notifiable instrument. It's a big word, and I'm sorry, people, but a notifiable instrument basically means he can do it without telling anybody. He doesn't have to report to Senate. He doesn't have to explain why, or he or she doesn't have to tell anybody he's done it. And, and there's no right of appeal. Okay, so people don't have a, a chance to appeal that at all. There is no appeals process involved in that. And as we know, the AAT has been stacked with Liberal members. So even in going through Centrelink, you're going to face a tribunal that is predominantly Liberal Party based. And it's dangerous. The potential here is for a blanket rollout, all payments, all ages, you know, 16 to 100, anywhere they like. And... Um, you know, and that is that is the key problem we have with this bill. The bill that you're referring to is coming up for a vote when? It'll be sometime in November probably that they'll they'll battle it out in the, in the Senate. So if people want to make a noise, if people want to write to the ministers, if people want to do something about it, the time to do that and now. the last opportunity to do that is now. between now, now. and <laughs> November. The, now and November. Yeah. Yes, or, please write a or, submission. Or you can get your submission in before the 18th of October. And you don't have to be on the card to write a submission. If you don't like this sure. idea, tell them. There's a link to do that. We can put that in the in the show notes for the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We'll do that. Yeah. We know that this has never been about drugs, alcohol and people's actual welfare because what's the, the program... What about? What's, the, what's the thing here? Um, what are they trying to achieve? Alan Tudge, 2016, in his own electorate, during a town hall meeting, said they want to get the money out of the welfare community. Take the welfare dollars out of your community. So basically, by funneling it to multinationals and the big shopping centres, taking it away from all of your community-based, um, your, your, you know, your, your fundraisers, your markets, anything that runs on a cash economy within your community, even to the point of your school fundraisers and things like that, um, the kids miss out because parents don't have cash, cheap book day, Father's Day, Mother's Day stalls. School uniforms, photographs, graduation yeah. photographs. People haven't um, been able to buy these things on Inju. You know, school yeah. excursions, things that are all cash economy, you know what I mean? Yeah, it is definitely impacting communities' abilities to, to function as communities. The fact that government can now force people to contract with private corporations against their will should be concerning to everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely everybody. Because if this bill passes, it's not just it for the territory. You know, it's intervention take two for the territory. But this is the lead up to Intervention Australia. 
you know, um, and th- and that's really people really need to be aware of that because the impacts will be systemic. You know, um, Catherine hears every day. I hear every day. I have people coming to the page every day, threatening to end their lives if the card rolls out. And people during the last legislation, I had to run a list. I had to actually start a mailing list for the amount of people who are in Hinkler region and other regions who are who are feeling suicidal. And I'm not a professional. We send everyone to the professionals. Um, I don't know. We're doing the best we can, aren't we? That's all we can do. Who does this card affect? Because what, what we've seen in the comments of the video for the Honest Government ad that we made, one of the very common things is this response that it's like, oh, well, you know, if you don't like it, go get a job, basically, implying that the people who are targeted by this um, card are people who are simply unemployed and or people who, you know, the, the sort of the, the stereotypical dull bludger who doesn't want to work. But what is the reality? Because I've read that actually the real face of, of income support recipients are people are over the age of 45 in their 50s, predominantly women, uh, and, and many times single parents, um, it's, which kind of smashes that stereotype. So could you tell us who are the kinds of people who have found themselves on this card? In the legislation, this card, everywhere except Hinkler Trial Electorate, which is one of four current sites, uh, the pay, all trigger payments and all restrictable payments listed on the department website, which are, um, there's like nearly 20 20 individual payments, including DSP and carers, disability support, sorry, yes, all payments excepting age pension and the um, DVA, which is Department of Veterans Affairs, have been placed on the card everywhere except in Hinkler. That's in the legislation right now. And we have people who are casual workers, people who are part-time workers, and several full-time workers and small business owners are currently on cards right now. I mean, I've got parents, uh, one lady, she works 70 hours a fortnight. Um, there's other parents that work two jobs. And so when we see the get a job, my response to those people is, but these people have a job. Some of them have two. How many more jobs do you want them to have? There's also Um, the issue of people on disability pensions who are not required to look for work. And as we're seeing now, the old age pension is being included for the first time in two new trial sites in Cape York and Northern Territory. So, um, you know, where is that justification? There's no recognition for, say, um, a parent who is a carer who is not required to look for work caring for a disabled child, right, or an elderly parent uh, who is, you know, and in the three of the trial sites you've got that situation and you get get a job. They've got a job. It's 24-7 and they're saving the government $60 billion a year. Yeah, $68 billion on record. But can I add to that? I have a lady who is on weekly payments and she wants to work. But the minute she accepts work and she can't get 38 hours a week straight away, Right, so therefore it's only going to be casual work. The minute she accepts that part-time or casual job, she will be issued with the card because she's under 35, right, on parenting payment in Hinkler. So as much as she wants to get a job, it is stopping her from getting a job. It's actually acting as a disincentive. This is what I think a lot of people don't understand, um, is that all you have to do to end up on this um, heavily managed dystopian income management card where basically you you might be in a position where you can't buy nappies for your kids and you might be not be able to pay rent anyone could fall into this situation just by sheer bad luck for example somebody posted a comment saying you know um my husband was a 
an IT genius and he was earning a lot of money and then I became ill and he had to become my carer and we would technically be on this card simply through bad luck of our circumstance. This could happen to anyone. Anyone yeah. with reduced hours. If you mm. if your job gets retrenched, yes, you'd be, yeah, and you're in a trial zone, then yes, you'd be put on the card. Um, but the people don't understand that if the hours are reduced, if they're no longer able and they need a top-up payment, mm-hmm. people are getting just... One woman, wasn't it, Catherine? $13 a month she got from Centrelink or a week from Centrelink and, they, and the government spent $12,000 to put her on a card. Yeah. You know, it's like for thirteen dollars, it's ridiculous. We had several across the Hinkler region that were only getting eight dollars a fortnight. One person was only getting three dollars a fortnight, and they got the card. And it's an incredible and waste of resources and money. It's uh, it's crazy because another one of the criticisms that, was, that we've seen is like you know oh this is taxpayer money people should be grateful for it but the government is wasting more ta- if that's what we're worried about <laughs> well, effectively the is double much more money on on this card than they are spending on actually helping people get back on their feet yeah well, for an ex- for an example the uh, youth allowance payment for someone who's living at home is just over twelve thousand dollars and it costs twelve thousand dollars to put somebody on the card and that's been verified in a Senate debate where Doug Cameron managed to wheedle that out of the minister at the time. So the payment is just over 12000 and it's costing 12000 So people, when they say about taxpayer or public money, it's like, well, now you're spending double. Now, there is an exit o- option now that Labor put in during the last round of legislation, but nobody's been exempted through that process yet, and only 0.8% of all trial recipients have actually managed to get off the card through the well-being exemption that exists. Mm. They're making it almost impossible to get off. People have been given extremely short timeframes to see psychologists and doctors and specialists they can't afford. So they're effectively locking out all the loopholes to escape the program once you're on it, which is why we tell people, say no, don't activate, fight, you know, and this is our message. It's If it's possible for you to fight, fight, um, because once you're on the system, it is almost impossible to get off. The government uses the term captured by the card, and that is perfectly describes what it's like, mm-hmm. being hunted down and captured for the simple fact that you require a, a lawful entitlement. The issue of the fact that it's going to a third party, private corporation, that you have to contract with a private corporation to get your legal government entitlements so hasn't wanna, even been touched yet wanna, in media. This is really, really important for people to understand. Another one of the misconceptions that we've seen, and I've, I posted about this yesterday on Twitter and Facebook, is this claim that, um, you know, that um, the money belongs to the government, not to the, not to the recipient. Um, so it's really not up to the recipient uh, to decide how to spend their money. Um, it's you know it's this is basically the idea that that uh, income support is or the welfare system if you want to call it that is sort of charity or it's like a you know it's it's a privilege that people have not a right in law this isn't correct if i, if I correct me if I'm no, wrong no you are absolutely the social, correct the social security act uh, was brought in and and ever since it, since then it has been a, a right of every australian citizen to um, receive uh, income support when they're in need, if, whether it be due to age or disability or employment status. So in order to introduce these trials, the government has actually had to amend the legislation because currently it is illegal to appropriate that money and give it to a third party like India. But can you speak a little bit about this and how this yep. affects hum- like literally people's human rights and how in order to introduce this card, the law has had to be changed and rights have had to be taken away in order to introduce it. Okay. Well, currently in law, in Social Security law, there is a there is a requirement that it's called inalienable payments, that, that they can't be, like you said, they can't be uh, 
given to a third party without express consent of the person involved. And this is the law that the government has actually gotten around was I think Scott Morrison's word um, and they've also internationally not just Australia the social security are more than just a right they're actually an obligation of governments especially governments like ours that are resource rich and sell off resources on behalf of the people and they, they're required to give money back to society this is part of that obligation of government of being in government that you look after your own people so, th so a moral, this is a, there's a moral argument there's a moral there, aspect there is a moral one because hasn't it been shown that this actually saves society in the long term? Well, Social Security is an economic stabiliser, right. especially when resources go bust and things, and, and as we're seeing now, um, the impact even just of, of restrictions of payments and the fact that payments are so low are impacting the economy terribly. We are the cash-based welfare is the basis of the house it's the foundation um, because it protects from it protects from drops when the gdp drops it protects from um, gfc the global you know the global financial crisis in part this this economy in australia was saved by the thousand dollars given so to it's people a stimulus. it's like so a stimulus. it's a stimulus yeah. it is it's an economic stabilizer though and it's a very vital one so it has an important part to play but the way they got around the law was was by adding a part into the legislation that says subject to express legislative amendment, this law applies. Rather than the law applying unilaterally, um, they used that clause in the Social Security Act to make the trials an express legislative exemption. So all the people on trials currently now and all future people on trials are no longer protected by the protections that are written into the Act. They are removed from that because it's express legislative exemption. They're no longer protected by the payments protections laws, by all the laws. There's no oversight. Induced staff are simply, you know, making decisions on their own without any, any and Indu are not required to sit before Senate estimates. They're not required to sit before Senate at all. So the only one monitoring them is an already understaffed, overtaxed Centrelink system and and who are completely focused on, you know, the next rollout of robo-debts right now. So there really is no oversight and care for people on the car. harassing poor people with fake debt letters to... Um, yeah, pretty much. But you have to understand, people on cards have been robo-debted as well. Um, when I first started speaking out about this, my son was having treatment for Hodgkin's lymphoma. Five years now he'd been having treatment for that disease. They, um, I was doxxed and he got robo-debted despite being on a disability pension, which at the time was unlawful. So, you know, we, you know they have tried everything to shut us down. They have made it... Their presence intimidating um, to the point where, you know, at times I wondered if the risk was worth it given that it was life-altering for my family and I'm not on a card. I'm not even in a trial region. So speaking up has its risks, but not speaking up is a greater risk. We need everyone to stand up right now, like for themselves. Don't stand up for us. Stand up for yourself because if they roll this out, we're all at risk and um, our children are at risk. The more you talk about it, the more it sounds like this couldn't possibly be true and yet here we it's are. right there in yeah. the legislation like everything yeah. this is where we have our strength and the integrity of our argument for four years we have gone back to government's own reports we've given opinions on things that might people might say well your opinion is wrong but the facts that we are fact-checking are based on government's own you know reports so we you know we have done the best of look we're just lay people we are not skilled lawyers and so we do the absolute best so, but i have been checking legislation since the northern territory emergency response i have watched this legislation and um transform into a tool of you called it dystopian proportions 
that is literally transferring the entire portfolio and payment systems to a private company at the worst extreme of it. One of the things that really struck me that really I felt and I, that really broke my heart was stories of people with children. Children are also, um, although they are not on the card, obviously when a parent uh, is put on the card and they start to suffer stigma and discrimination, um, the children bear the brunt of that as well. Can you have you, have you come across that, uh, Catherine? Is that something that you've that you've seen? Yes. Because I feel like the yes. impact that this has on children is 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 just another layer of heartbreak in this whole story. Okay, the feedback I'm getting from parents, right, is um, small children, five years old, seven years old, are starting to approach school counsellors because um, they're noticing that they're missing out on more things because mum doesn't have the cash. So they can't take part in things at school um, and, like, in Harvey Bay, they can't even go to the movies because the, it's tap and go or cash only and you can't use tap and go on the card and the parents don't have the cash so they can't even go to the movies in the school holidays. Um, so the, the kids are starting to feel uh, ostracised and outed um, and at the same time, because mum's got to keep saying no to things that she used to say yes to, right, it's are we poor? This is starting to impact on small children. But then we switch to the teenagers where um, one gentleman, his 15-year-old son, was um, bullied at school because other school kids had seen his father use the card. And ironically, his father was one of the go-get-a-job people because he had a job. But then he lost his job and he got put on the card in March. And now he's really, really struggling with how it's affecting his family, right? And his 15-year-old son was labelled the son of a crackhead at school, a negative impact on the children who are not on the card, but they're wearing the brunt of the social exclusion. That's poor shaming. And this, and this has happened at more than one school, right? I thought that went out in the 50s do you know what I mean yeah and a lot of parents are coming onto page and, and describing the same thing on the say no seven page and um and even more serious um impacts on children than that we have uh cashed up visiting predators you know sort of they show up in trial zones and they are literally plying children with cash for sex this was also recorded in the um 2017 um Kalgoorlie public hearings that predators um you know, and there have been several arrests, predators coming into trial sites, uh, children want money for the show, and so they're using cash as a way to, you know, to procure children. Um, there is also, we have a report from somebody on country out near uh, in, uh, the East Kimberley, you know, up to 35 children over the last few years have ended their lives because of, of again, this, it doesn't just impact the person on the card. They're, everything that this, they say that this trial is meant to be it's had the opposite effect, which it, they would have known because all the reports have already told them that it has done so for the last 13 years. And they, I suppose they count, the government is counting on people saying, well, this doesn't apply to me. This is just... Mm -hmm. this is, and prejudice, this is people addicts, racist. This is poor people, this is <laughs> Aboriginal people. So it's really a case of at what point, um, you know, do people want to pay attention uh, before they themselves are targeted by these policies? Income management... Uh, 
of this kind has been in Parliament since 1982. Like, they've tried to do this since 1982. But now they have the grounds to do it. They have a disgruntled, tired, exhausted population of workers who are, you know, because of wage stagnation, feeling ripped off as well. And so they've got the perfect feeding ground for every bias of every kind, classes bias, you know, and they're using all of these things. They're using, they're poking at them and it's it's really disappointing. But people are starting to smell the stench. People are, are fighting back. They're, they're, you know, they're waking up slowly, but they're getting there. Well, I must say that, you know, again... I, I have seen much less than you have, but just looking at the comments that we've had on uh, YouTube and Twitter and Facebook in response to the Honest Government ad, there's a lot of opposition to this policy. Yes, there's, there's a minority of so people much. that you know that do agree with it, and uh, you know, and and some of those people I've even seen comments saying, you know, I used to think the card was a good idea until I saw this video, and now all of a sudden I I'm really against it. You know, quite a that's actually quite unusual. Usually people are quite fixed in their ideas these days. It's, we're in the era of like you know people are very polarized, but. Actually, I've seen a few comments saying I used to th- I thought this card was actually a good idea. They didn't. People don't know the the what people are being put through. They don't understand. Um, there's a very little information awareness about what's happening, which is why what you're doing with the Say No Seven group is such a vital information resource at the at the at the basic level. And I believe you're also supporting people who are going through this. But at a very simple level, you're actually helping people to. Bust the myths and get the facts uh, about that's, what's happening. That's, that's what we started as myth busters. Every time they lie, we're going to report the facts. So if, if, if you see something in media from the government, when they say it's all peach and fine and roses, come to our page, please, and find out what the facts are. And we will point you to people on the card right now who are speaking for themselves. The Aboriginal communities are speaking very loudly for themselves. So all we're asking people to do all right, is listen is listen. Listen to the Aboriginal communities who have been on income management, forced third-party income management, exactly the same as Indu cards, for 13 years. And they are saying it has called untold misery. It hasn't done its job. We've got everyone from Philip Ruddock to the Stronger Futures report to every government report in 13 years has said forced income management doesn't work. In fact, they've all said voluntary opt-in programs work. Okay, and in Cape York, that's what you've got. You've got a structure that is completely divergent from the one that's currently there now, that, that they want to impose, sorry. And you've got one where the community runs it. People are, it's, a, it's an option of last resort. The elders decide who goes on it. Um, the community supports that person, and I mean really supports. What we found in Hinkler was the level of classist, racist, yuckiness, or just spread out all over the community it was disgusting it created welfare dependency because people just gave up people just lost their self-determination and autonomy and fine let government make all the decisions and they just disengaged now problems with addiction and things like that addiction is a dislocation addiction addiction's root is in it is in um, disconnection so when people are disconnecting even more because of a policy and the problems aren't getting fixed in fact getting worse you stop the policy. The reality is, guys, that this program has taken lives. People put on cards, basics and Indu cards have ended their lives. That government has known that since 2017 when it was reported to the Senate that this has cost lives. People, it is, this card has been the contributing factor in how, why people are completing suicides because they see no hope. 
They see no future. They are losing their, their right to self-determination. Channel 7 on Sunrise last week said that autonomy isn't a right. You know, autonomy is my most basic human right. So, um, you know, but the coalface is what we try to promote. We try to amplify people's voices and experiences. So you'll see a lot of that on our pages along with um, technical rundowns on how they're screwing us, you know, um, you know, the manipulation of propaganda. We've sort of been having to teach people, haven't we? We've had to teach them about the political process of a bill. We've had to teach them about how legislation works. And then we're trying to inform the wider public about how this card is working in practice. So we're doing you're, you're doing an incredible <laughs> community service, both of you and, and all of the people that are work with you. And I just wanted to finish by asking you, who are you? Why are you doing this? Why is this your job? Do, do you get have you are you supported by the community? How do you do this? Is it just I started this fight because when Tony Abbott was elected and said that he was going to crack down on dull bludgers, my son was lying in a hospital bed on life support and was on a new start payment because they wouldn't give him DSP. And I remember that day as if it was etched into every thought when I wake up in the morning. My son doesn't deserve that. Nobody's son deserves this kind of abuse. And I remember that day when Abbott said that on the TV and I looked over to my skeletal son with his bald little head on a machine and I just went, not on my watch, you bastard. And that was how I got it. Catherine, how did you Good get involved? You. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> so well, now I'm crying. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm tearful too. That's a, really, that's a really powerful story. I happen to be watching the Senate inquiry. I don't even know how I stumbled across it, but I was watching the Senate inquiry for the Seduna trial um, prior to the rollout. And the first thing I remember hearing is the mayor denigrating the people that were standing up against the card. And I thought, yeah. hmm. At the time, my daughter was 14, and as I listened to that Senate inquiry and I listened to all of the experts, I looked at my daughter and I thought, oh, my God, they want to take your autonomy away if you dare try to claim youth allowance when you finish school, knowing that she would have ended up on the card if I hadn't have got her out of the area and my daughter was able to go and get a diploma and, and get her life on track somewhat. Having her autonomy forcefully taken away before she's even learned how to be an autonomous adult, being tied to that system, knowing my daughter and how she copes with things, and then thinking about how could have you know, uh, we have to stand up. Our kids don't deserve this. I it will entrap them into um, a, a contract with a private company where they're. They're completely controlled by the company and they're not protected under Australian law. And as I got into it, then I understood where the change that had been made in the laws that removed the cardholder technically um, out of our rule of law protections in this country. So if people want to know more about all of this, if, they w if, if someone listening is worried about being on the card that they might be impacted by this or if they simply are aghast that our own government is doing this people should go to the say no seven page on facebook which is facebook.com forward slash say no seven um, and there's a mine of information there that um, and from what i understand and from what i've seen uh, the moderators there including um, catherine and uh, 
and SNS2 are very active there in responding to people's comments. So if you do have questions, it's a very active community page. And I just want to end by thanking you both for this incredible work that you're doing. This is like this is what real community work is about, and this is some of the most valuable work that a, that a community can can hope to to see and have. Um, and uh, you know, you're so passionate about it, and uh, you're doing you're doing really the work that uh, NGOs and and uh, and other organisations should be doing. There isn't enough awareness or information about this, so we'll continue to do that uh, via our page. Um, and thank you both so much for taking the time out. I know you're so busy, but thank you very much. Can I just include the No Cashless Debit Card Australia page as also another absolute go-to page and the Hinkler page, which is updated almost daily. So these are really important pages as well. Also, the No Welfare Card South Australia page. People on the page in Seduna are on cards now. Anywhere where you've got people who are first-person reporting, we really, man, they really need your support. Just go, even if it's just moral support, just go and lend some support and um, let these people on the cards know that they're not alone because the government wants to try and marginalise and hide people. We aim to, to blast that out of the water by getting their stories out there. A reminder that the links to make a submission to the Senate inquiry debating this legislation are in the show notes below the podcast and the deadline is October 18th. A huge thanks to all our patrons whose monthly support allows us to make the Honest Government ads and now also this podcast. If you'd like to support us, head to patreon.com forward slash thejuicemedia or go to our website thejuicemedia.com and you'll find links under the support tab to help us to keep going. You've been listening to me, Giordano, on the Juice Media podcast. We'll catch you very soon for our next Honest Government ad. Till then, take care.